but well, let's just start. Keeping it 5150 episode 31 because we split the last one in half. That's right. We, it, we taped it in one setting, but fucking too long. Yeah. <laughs> so There's just like a twig cut that. There's like two of them in there. You don't have to eat both yeah. of them at the same time. If you have <laughs> self-restraint. And we have self-restraint, so we split them up. Exactly. Over multiple so. meals. <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> How are you doing, Steve? Uh, yeah. Uh, tired. I've been taking on some maybe unnecessary tasks today. Like I decided um, uh, to clean out the refrigerator. Uh, that's why I was I was arm deep in that project when, <laughs> at one o'clock when we normally record, but push back to two. Uh, it wasn't vital that this was done, but it was just like, ah, oh, the world would be a slightly nicer place if some of this stuff was thrown away and all of the shelves were cleaned with bleach. <laughs> so, so I did that. All right. Uh, yeah. Feeling very pleased with myself. I uh, I did some chores as well. I'm not going to outline them. Um, I don't know if the world's... Oh, are they not exciting like mine? Are they not like fucking... Like, are they not why the people tune in? Yeah. yeah, no one wants to hear about me scrubbing the toilet, but it happened, so... Um, so, yeah. Um, it's a little, it's, yeah, it's a little Sunday morning coming down um, right now. It's a little, like, low-key. I mean, I know you're you're fired up because of cleanliness, but... Uh, yeah, the the world's a much better place. I'm uh, I'm full of coffee. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk about some things. All right. Um, Unfortunately, readers, <laughs> listeners, uh, we don't really have an agenda for the first part. So let's just let's just fucking <laughs> set sail and see where the winds take us. <laughs> um, no curtain. Curtain always pulled back. <laughs> yeah. What's what's the absolute worst that could happen? We'll see. <laughs> Um, I found that, uh, with, with everything that's going on, I can't, um, I'm having a really hard time focusing on anything too, too, uh, heavy, which is kind of funny given our main segment. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, this week has been, um, challenging in that, in that respect. So, so have you been distracting yourself with, uh, soap operas and it is all, uh, rewatching sporadic episodes of Star Trek, the next generation. Um, because oh, nice. that's available to us, so we're just like picking and choosing uh, various episodes to watch. And what I've discovered is, when you read the synopsis of episodes, uh, it seems like at least half of them are uh, about how a disease is ravaging the crew of the Enterprise, which makes me think that the the the, the Starship Enterprise is really much more like a cruise ship where it's just like a disease vector where people are constantly just getting Legionnaire's disease or something. So I thought that was interesting that not a lot has changed if you pack people onto a, an enclosed system. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> virus spaced. is going to virus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we skip most of those and go for uh, just, I don't know, anything that has wharf hijinks or something. Uh, have you been watching anything to take your mind off the troubles? <laughs> Yes. Um, so uh, HBO, they've changed their their service, and uh, you, you're probably familiar with this. You're an HBO fan. Yeah, I just um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just switched to uh, it switched to HBO Max, which is I don't know a different app because it's purple and a shit ton new content, and some of the content is really fucking good. Um, it's got all of the Alan Partridge stuff, which I'm all, all, already been familiar with. It's it, it's nice to rewatch that. But there's also a show called Inside Number Nine, um, which you might like. It's kind of it's maybe a comedy but more like uh not quite twilight zone but sort of twisted kind of like ah oh, there's there's a horror story and the kind of twist at the end it's it's that sort oh. of um setup uh it's a different story at each time the same actors playing different people oh. uh it's i think it's by the people uh, it's definitely by some of the people from this thing called the league of gentlemen which is this british tv show from the 90s and early 2000s i think um i don't know if all of them but some of them are definitely involved uh, in this and it's it's a good creepy kind of funny dark horror show so i, I think um i think you might like that if, um, if and if you're into it maybe we talk about it next week because it's uh, some good stuff in there yeah that sounds rad um have you partake in anything else from hbo max Yes, yes. HBO Max has all the Batman films. All, as far as I can tell, the Batman films. So, obviously, saw the first Tim Burton one a few few months ago. You know, quite good. Holds up. Got Prince in it. Prince's worst songs in it. Um, 
That's actually true. You could really tell that um, they they did temp music with like other better Prince songs because like <laughs> the the soundtrack is a lot of songs that are the same tempo as other summer. It's like oh that Party Man was probably Let's Go Crazy when they originally scored it out, <laughs> but they're like do a song like that. They're like he's like cool. Party man, let's do this. Like you're not getting let's go crazy <laughs> for this fucking movie. <laughs> no, all brand watched, new material. I watched Batman Returns. Um when's the last time you saw Batman Returns, Paul? It's been a minute. Is it I, Friday night? <laughs> it was not Friday night. What's funny about both the Tim Burton Batman movies is how little Batman is in them. Especially I think Batman oh, Returns. Yeah. There's a lot more of like Danny uh, Mr. Mom is my uh, as, as my wife constantly calls Batman in those movies, doesn't show up until 35 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, we can't have Batman. We're too busy focusing on, like, this mayoral campaign for the Penguin. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? Uh, but very, very succinct backstory for the Penguin. Some rich people threw him in a river. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all it takes. Um... But it's such a... Uh, like it's a visually very very strange like it, it doesn't look like the first movie it's it's really arty and odd looking yeah. and the story um they don't put the dots very close together it kind of it moves along but parts of it extremely slow and then parts of it's just like okay next part now we're like wait what happened oh, i guess he must have won the election or something it's like it doesn't talk you through all the parts it's just like okay now now the next scene in which you know those characters well i guess some stuff's happened to them and <laughs> here's the aftermath <laughs> what are you doing it also introduced, I think, the worst thing that's happened to especially Batman movies, which is we should definitely have multiple villains because in a two-hour movie, there's all the time in the world to talk about, like, <laughs> like at least two villains plus whatever fucking Batman's going through, you know? At the time, it was cool. Yeah. There's Catwoman and the Penguins in there. And I guess Christopher Walken's character, who's kind of a villain. I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've watched that movie. but Very, uh, very confusing. Very confusing movie. Also, weirdly, um, like it wasn't sort of innuendo or double entendre. It was straight up kind of fucky sex <laughs> like th- throughout. <laughs> not, just the, not just the costumes, which were, I mean, watch this movie <laughs> because the costumes are quite impressive. But like there's lots of sort of very single entendre stuff when they're they're dancing together and she's like, Oh, I see you have a boner. And it's like it's could you maybe be more subtle than that? Maybe just <laughs> um, she doesn't doesn't literally say that. No, but, but yeah. Man, first draft. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they um I, I I'm trying to remember I know um doesn't she have hello there? Like in she neon, does it, it, turns, it turns into hell here when she smashes the neon. Because <laughs> that's how neon works, by the way. If you've got those neon uh, neon lights, it's usually one letter at a time. <laughs> yeah, usually, you're allowed to break them. But yeah, clearly, um, yeah, yeah. I, I you know, <laughs> Batman Returns might be the most Tim Burton. I think it's like that. Really, is like his newsroom. I think where he he put in all all of the things that he was interested. He's like. Penguins with missiles, a creepy That's monster right. eating fish, screaming. The penguin rides around in a rubber duck for, for quite a lot of the movie. Yeah. The, it puts a top hat on it. A lot of parasol, a lot of parasol action. Strange, strange movie. And people always slag off um, Schumacher, Joel Schumacher. Oh, here's the point where Batman jumped the shot. Oh yeah, because that those those first yeah. two Tim Burton Batman movies dead serious, like yeah, d- darker than Christopher Nolan. Yeah, this this idea that it got campy is pretty funny. <laughs> like it's like watch that shit. <laughs> it been campy. Um, yeah, like uh, speaking of Schumacher, have you dived into any Schumacher? No. What else has he done? I'm not. Uh, I'm not an expert. Has he done any stuff with other than the uh, Batman stuff with Schwarzenegger? Did he True Lies or anything like that? Was that? <laughs> uh, he did Lost Boys. Are you aware of Lost Boys' work? Famous. I don't think I've seen Lost Boys. 80s, I think should... I've seen clips of it. I've seen you know the vampires floating next to the window and they smash in. It's three shots, uh, parodied in The Simpsons. Um, but I don't think I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, he did Eight Millimeter, which is him trying to be David Fincher, but not like really nailing it. That's is that of... where um, 
Nick Cage has to track down some child pornographers or something, and it's, it's like film, as dark yeah. as it could possibly be. <laughs> it's like, um, it's as dark as Schumacher can get. It's still pretty campy. It's got this doesn't, yeah. Um, can't be snuff films. <laughs> it's we well, it's because it's there's a lot of characters. Like it's got the, it's got a bit of the Pulp Fiction vibe where like the char- the people he runs into are like real capital C characters where you're like okay this is everyone's Christopher Walken oh fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah where it's like you know the pornographer Dino Velvet and then it's like <laughs> it's like this weird like, creep like you know um yeah so uh I think Schumacher's thing is he uh he doesn't have a style of his own he can only ape other filmmakers so he made a couple of movies like falling down that like want to be ridley scott movies and then he like he made falling down he made falling down <laughs> wow i really like falling down i haven't revisited it's... it i'm not sure how well it's going to age but um i, I know people I, mean, are... I think i saw it a couple of years ago and it's certainly pr- problematic um like ang- angry white guy is uh maybe not but maybe not the voice that we need to be <laughs> hearing this weekend <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah that's... Yeah, uh, this weekend, any time since about like 1991, maybe I don't know. I, but I, I do remember when his, uh, when his, when Batman Forever uh, came out, mm. and uh, I watched it two times the weekend it came out in the theater, not on purpose, but like I went with my friends, and then I was young enough that like my parents wanted to see it at a different time, and I was obligated to go see it, tw- you know, again, and so it was like, it was like. Not super in the scene of the game, but you know, it's like, oh, fuck, all right. <laughs> like, um, Batman Forever, uh, is that the fourth one or the third that's one? That's the third one. one. That's the Val Kilmer is, oh, okay, is Batman, and it's the introduction of Robin, which is weird because the whole premise of Robin is it's a kid who gets adopted by a rich guy, Annie style, but they cast someone who's like 35 to play Robin. <laughs> and so it's weird that he has to like move in with with Bruce Wayne upon the death of his parents because it's like he seems like he could just get an apartment. Maybe like, get your own apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, you have a credit score. Like I know you work in the circus <laughs> and shit, but like probably, probably just mo- find a studio. Like <laughs> just get an efficiency real quick. It's weird. <laughs> so there's a lot of moments where it's like supposed to be cool because a little kid saved Batman, but it's a it's a, like a full-on adult, so it's just kind of odd, you know? It's like odd tone. Hard cut. It's a strange world. Once our sworn enemies, bees are now considered important insects vital to our ecosystem. But while you don't want to destroy the world, you also don't want to get stung by one of these dangerous furry bastards. How are you supposed to keep them away? Yeah, you could wear a t-shirt with the words bees, no thanks, on it, but then you'd have to teach the bees to read, and who has time for that? Fortunately, bbgone.net has a solution to this very real and pressing problem. Scare bees. Scare bees? Yeah, like a scarecrow, but for bees. For just $15 a month, we'll send you a pack of six two-inch-tall scare bees that you can place around your farm or apartment. These scythe-carrying mini decoy humans are guaranteed to make them bees think twice about trespassing in your space. Assuming bees can think. Use the code 5150 and we'll throw a handful of angry wasps into your first order, just to keep things spicy. BBGone.net. It's them or us. And we're back. We're back right now. Fe- feature segment. This, uh, this is it. <laughs> more timely and, re- and relevant. Yeah. It's... Uh, as, as we, continue, sorry. As we, as we go through uh, 20... Oh, sorry. 20. 2001 is how it's pronounced. 2001s. <laughs> 2001s. 2001s. Uh, 
extreme metal uh, record, Iowa, by the band Slipknot. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Paul? I believe it's Slipknots. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> we're really getting into mainstream metal from, like, 19 years ago. <laughs> well, this, this happened... Um, Based on on our, our thing last last week or a couple of weeks ago, we went through all those bands and you know did our snide takes on all of them. We're like ah fuck off Nightwish and things like that. And then it, it got to uh, it got to Slipknot and I thought well I should probably actually listen to this band before I start attacking them for just you know dressing up as all dressing up as all clowns all the time. It's not quite accurate. Um, <laughs> there's one clown all the time and then a bunch of yeah. It does feel like there's a lot of clowns. <laughs> Just from an outsider that isn't really paying attention, you feel a lot of circus kind of going. It is, yes. Um, so who are these fucking chances? You know, trying to be sepultura, and then I put it on. It's like, oh, this is really good. This is this is actually. I, I don't know why it takes nine of them to make this, but man alive, this is this is this has got some stuff. Uh, so you suggested, um, why don't we deep dive on either the first or second record, and we we pick the second record. It's supposed to be kind of a classic. Uh, so that's what we did. It's true. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, some of my favorite albums are, are yelling contests set to music, and I feel like this one really, really fits into that. Um, Definitely. So, so yeah. excited <laughs> to jump into it. Um, yeah, I, so you hadn't heard this at all before the uh, Before last episodes. week, I'd never listened to this record, and before about two weeks ago, I'd never listened to it very much Slipknot at all. I'd heard their... Their very latest record that came out last year, when that came out, I listened to it just um, once or, and kind of enjoyed it, but didn't really didn't really get the fuss um, mm-hmm. about them. So I wasn't like completely. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know nothing about them, but I knew nothing about their early stuff. Um, and then I kept hearing th- things about them on other podcasts and uh, metal magazines and things like that. They are, they are very well regarded. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know. <laughs> you don't just have to like Judas Priest you're allowed to like other no, bands so I decided to investigate them and yeah um, decided that I liked a bunch of their songs so yeah I remember when this album came out and hearing it and then promptly forgetting that it existed so I hadn't revisited <laughs> any of these songs and nor did I like I kind of remembered a couple of them when they when I went back to listen to it but um I was actually pretty surprised by some of the stuff. We should probably just like get into it. I would, I would think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, so first track, five one five. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Intro. <laughs> just, I mean. Intro. Know. Yeah. Five one five. Of course, area code for Des Moines. And some <laughs> other places in Iowa. Yeah. I mean, I would think I. I it's one of the the. the there's. We should talk about this a little bit. There's like nine guys in this band doesn't always sound like there's nine guys in this band and it feels like this is a shout out to some of the dudes whose work yeah. is not <laughs> like yeah um, audible that was a, another thing that kind of put me off listening to them was like oh nine people that's gonna sound like a fucking train wreck that's not gonna be any good especially really heavy grindy stuff that that uh, like pig destroyer and stuff like that Pick Destroyer is basically drums and guitar and and vocals there's no bass on some of those records yeah, so totally. it's like it's like to get that really tight aggressive super heavy sound that i particularly like it's not a lot of instruments mm-hmm. it's, sometimes it's layered but there's not you know there isn't a turntablist and seven percussionists and people playing the triangle and the timpani and stuff like that it's like that's gonna make it messy man yeah yeah um so yeah i mean it seems like they have i is it i don't know if it's the dude with all the spikes coming out of his head They're, i don't i don't know which which one's which um <laughs> i haven't delved that deeply into them but it seems like this is yeah kind of maybe a time for that to shine it's uh, yeah it's it's an intro kind of gets you into the like album i guess it's not as good as the intro to uh uh hellbilly deluxe <laughs> but no it's... where uh where, where that lady uh says that nursery rhyme i think i think ideally so far hillbilly deluxe is winning that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not gonna be winning for long but it is winning um now-ish um, and then it gets into, uh, I think a song that you called out on the previous podcast, yeah. people equal sign shit. Um, yeah. Damn. It's good. This is really good. <laughs> yeah. This, this is a, this is a great, like proper opener. This is, this is, this, this will take your head off. Um, and this also flipped my, my mind on, on, on Slipknot completely. Cause it's like, oh, this sounds like a grindcore song. At least the, the, 
the drums when they really kick in, they do that blast beat. It's like, oh, this this is great. I'm I'm in now. <laughs> I want to hear everything by this band. I, I think, to be honest, this is the only sort of like part where there's that real true true cult blast beat on the whole record. But um, it sounds great, and it and it sounds great with the, with the riffs mm-hmm. uh, that are, that are being played over it, and it's really. Um, I'm probably going to hear this word a lot. Really brutal. Yeah. The, the production's really good. Um, mm. And this is one where I think the produ- I, like the guitars are heavy. Like, the drums are that kind of particular metal production where the bass drum is really punchy and the snare is, like, s- kind of high and, like, really yeah. cuts through the mix. This one, you kind of can hear some of the extra business that people are doing. There's, like, some, like, weird kind of swooping sound effects. Yeah, there's that... Sort of tremoloed, um, rising mm-hmm. uh, pitch thing. I don't, I don't know exactly what it yeah. is, but yeah, and it sounds good, and it builds tension before the the drop of the chorus. Yeah, um, and yeah, it starts with the with the blast beat, like double bass drumming, um, and multiple people. It sounds like scream, just doing the like long screams, which fucking again, it's kind of a screaming yeah. contest, but everyone won, <laughs> so I'm I'm a fan. Like, um, like. Yeah. Uh, so that's right. I, I can understand why this is probably one of the songs is probably the highlight of the set at the time. And probably they're still, yeah. I'm sure they're still playing and people fucking start circle pitting. Cause it's like a lot of their stuff. And you hear this as it goes on, gets kind of mid tempo or yes. like kind of gro- groovier than you would Groovy. think for yeah. a sort of death metal band. And so the ha- this one is actually like kind of an upbeat number that doesn't, you know, <laughs> kind of, still kind of has a groove to it but also has yeah like blast beats or double time stuff and so it's rad yeah so it's a, a very kind of exciting opener at this point i'm, I'm like oh this is <laughs> this is my new favorite band <laughs> like this is, yeah. I, you, just, you just completely pulled in on this and i'm just like, right let's what, what else does this band do what, yeah what, well what the next what thing to do is disaster piece which uh also has blast beats on the chorus and i actually um i actually really like this song the lyrics that I could discern are odd and slightly maybe like cartoonishly death metal. Like I think it opens with some stuff about like slitting oh, people's throats uh, and shit. <laughs> it's like uh, I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> like that's a little maybe <laughs> maybe it, it is, but it's pretty good. Like in, in terms of like you know, Cannibal Corpse would be like, God damn, wish we thought of that. <laughs> It's so, it's so, oh, it's so succinct. <laughs> like, there's a lot, I mean. Why were, we, why were we messing around with all this? This is, there's a lot of, like, it seems like all these songs are really, they're really up in their feelings. Like, on this, it's like, yeah. kind of emo Like, it's like angry, but it's also like just generally bleak and like, depressed. Like, if they weren't screaming them, they'd be whining them. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's just, like uh, I don't know. I don't think quite imagine Morrissey doing "My Wormwood Meets Your Pesticide," but yeah, you can kind of. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I I I, I like this song quite a bit. What did what did you think of it? I, great. Less less into the chorus on this one. Uh, the noise, noise, people make noise. It, that's kind of all right. Um, but the. Uh, I I enjoyed the verses. I I love the the lyrics being completely over the top and just just like going for that kind of. Can we get like a double explicit lyrics? Can we get a all pro- a grandparent adventure <laughs> adventure? Yeah, I didn't do the count. The way like uh, Rob Zombie leans on yeah. Uh, no, they lean on motherfucker. Like they say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, like it's like and he really really hits it pretty hard. Um, I like the chorus in this one because the first time they go through the chorus, the drummer's playing blast beats, and it switches to like a double time beat. And so I just I just enjoyed that. I thought there's some like nice the way they broke up the kind of yeah. repeating chorus by like changing the beat. Is this something that I thought oh, was cool yeah. structurally? Yeah. yeah. So lyric wise, yeah, the the you know the um people make noise when they're sick or whatever is like i yeah I, whatever but um but it's fine um fine, i dug it do, and doing well so far yeah it's like yeah those two kind of back to back are that's a that's a pretty good way to start an album strong opener yeah um okay oh, my, my plague 
Yeah. Uh, oh right, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm again having to sort of re- yeah <laughs> refresh my memory of wh- which song is which because I've only been listening to this for a week. I don't have the same memory as I did when I was fifteen. You could just put put a record on twice and be like, okay, got it. <laughs> like, totally got it. Got all my opinions. <laughs> um, this is the one that has a uh, the first one that has clean singing on the chorus, right? Yes, I believe so. Uh, so yeah, I really like this one. Um, I liked how this is. Um, it just it just different. It it, it brought in, brought in this this hook, um, so as well as having all this uh, brutal noise uh, on on the first two songs, and this 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 song is also you know it's full of riffs and anger and and, and hatred on the verses, and then the mm. chorus comes in with this um, a slightly groovier kind of feel to it, and a, and a a real a really clean sung part, which I, I really liked. Yeah, it's. I mean, we'll we'll get into this more as we go along. I think um, I felt some fatigue as we get through this album, and I think I, I the, you know, the first two or three, like going through, you know, people uh, equal shit through, you know, my plague. I'm still like into what they're doing, complete, like you know, sonically and everything. So it's cool. Yeah, but it does. There is some sameness feeling. I think as we get along, I, so the I, little touches. Yeah, are good. I, this definitely sort of kicks in, I think, towards the, the second half of the record, but we'll 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 get to that. Yeah. So, I don't have any like strong opinions about uh, my plague, but I I didn't not enjoy it. So um, right. Um, everything ends. This is when um, I started getting, uh, I started to get some fatigue. I think around here where I was like, oh man, this is like a little samey, you know? What would you think? Right. About? Well, I liked how again the, this is um, all of this record is a real uh, vocal performance for the mm-hmm. for, for for your man Curry Taylor. Like, there's a lot of um, a lot of different stuff goes on, yeah. um, and this is this is I guess his kind of tired bored voice when he starts singing. You're all fucked and overrated. It's like that's really good. It's just it's a different thing. It's like <laughs> yeah. how many of these fucking voices can you do, man? And they're all like they're all good, yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, he he does them all very well. Yeah, um, no, I think so he tries to switch it up. I think musically they don't switch. I mean, eventually we're going to get some kind of switch up stuff, but like the first yeah, th- this six this songs is are kind, kind of, of the same template, you know. Yep, yeah, um, absolutely, and th- these are still kind of more death metal riffs than new metal riffs. Mm-hmm. I think uh, in the in the first part they all rather uh, brutal death metal death metal not technical yeah. death metal yeah. kind, kind of thing it's all it all seems to be that not super detuned but maybe like i don't know if it's a d or maybe c sharp yeah. but you can tell the differences between the notes it's not the degent thing where you're going like yeah the, the guitar's just a percussion instrument <laughs> there's yeah. like real riffs being played which is which is great but they're so you know simple and horrible yeah (laughs) yeah there's a lot of like c6 sounding kind of bends and stuff and yeah yeah it's it's the whole thing (laughs) um uh like so everything ends pretty good again i i kind of settling into a routine some vocal stuff helping to kind of differentiate it a little bit um anything else you have about that one no, no, that one's a. Let's move on. And then we move on. Uh, Heretic Anthem, which yeah. I think is one of their hits, quote unquote hits. Um, you know, uh, it does feel like they're in their formula at this point, but Heretic Anthem's really fucking good, so <laughs> I'm okay with I that. Think, uh, yeah, <laughs> this isn't. This is not the most original song. It it, it might be my favorite song on the record. Um, it's it's really good. Yeah. The the it starts off the vocals as the verse. It's got like kind of it's not rapping, but it's it's very very fast. Um, uh, really, rhythmic and, and some of the ri- some like of the rhyming is a little bit more yeah. like it's lent. It, the rhythm is a little bit more like um, like rap rock, which mm-hmm. is I, I, I'm less into. You know, like I want to be a sinner and something something killer, and then and then and it's a bit. Uh, yeah, that, that, I'm not crazy into that. But then, then it gets that fucking chorus, and if you're five five five, then I'm six six six, and then it's just screaming that. Oh yeah. man, that's so good. Yeah, well done, lads. Yeah, and it has the uh, the kind of halftime chorus, which is can be yeah deployed to great effect. And so I, you know, I think this is like I said, I think this is one of their defining songs, and you can see why because it would sound great with. A room full of people yelling that, you know, yeah. and I'm like, 
fucking hitting beer kegs or whatever they're they're doing. Um, so, so you know, it's like at this point we're six songs in, and yeah, yep. and coming off the high of like Heretic Anthem, I was, but I'm also kind of feeling like okay, they they, they have getting the sense not being the biggest fan of theirs and dump jumping back in that they have like sort of a formula for what they're doing like they have a template for how they do a lot of things where they'll like drop out before a chorus and have a guitar play a riff and then kind of come back in for a chorus like they have like yeah tricks oh, oh that and that do. thing where, where yeah the, all the drums drop out and there's just there's just the guitar and then sometimes there's just one guitar and then another guitar slides in and starts playing the same riff and you're like oh it's just fucking good and, <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> but sepultura if- do that slayer do that um and fucking slipknot do that really well yeah, they do it great but, but it's yeah like, it's yeah, we're, we're like five in, and it's like okay, like these songs are all feel like they were written around the same time, right? Variations um, on that trick. Yeah. yeah, and then we get gently, um, mm. number track seven, which is not a great song. I did appreciate it because it is a break. I feel like yeah, it from the other it song. makes the record. It kind of makes the record gives it a bit more structure, and um, yeah, I prefer the other songs, but I'm glad this is in here as a sort of like a all right. T- take a minute. You can li- you can listen to the record all the way through without getting bored because this is this is a different thing that's happening. Yeah, yeah. So. It's like this is breaking it up. It's not that kind of like groove to double bass, whatever. It's like this is like right. a, a weird thing. It's kind. Of, it's a little meandering. It's like I said. It's not like technically. It's nowhere. It doesn't touch the good songs on this album. But it, yeah, it's no. Like, as a palette, I wouldn't be screaming for them to play it live or anything like that. But no. it's it, it's fine. I, I think like I said, good good sort of midpoint it's not actually time wise the midpoint for the record but it feels like it feels like the next what comes next is the second half of the record yes um and this might be the posery um this might be the poser like not whatever kind of view but uh the next song is left behind which i really really big single yeah and i could see why because it's also like I like yeah. the injection of melody into it. Like a lot of their songs, like are catchy in a screamy kind of way, but they're not like earworms in the way that like a traditional no, song is. is. But this is like, <laughs> there's a lot of clean singing on it, and it's got a fucking real hook. And I really yeah. liked them pairing their songs down to like a un- sub four minute like hooky metal song. What did you think of it? Like this is nearly an indie rock song. Like yeah. that chorus. Um, I know the guitars are heavy on it and stuff like the, that, but you could almost see, I don't know, Muse or one of the one of the bands that occasionally deploys heavy guitars into their sort of more indie music, yeah. like doing something like this. It's, and it's great. They do it so well. Yes. Um, uh, th- this is, I think this was a big, a big radio hit. Um, I've, I listened to another podcast, do a track by track of this album cool. <laughs> to, to, to learn more about it. In preparation. Um, and they, they, I think this was the biggest single off off the record. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Because like, it's not so, like people, ver, uh, pe- people equal shit isn't going to get like, uh, could get radio play the way like left behind. It's going to get radio play. Right. And to be right. honest, the first thing I heard from Slipknot was from the first album and they had a song called Wait and Bleed. And mm. Wait and Bleed kind of feels like they're the left behind of the first album where it's like maybe a little more like melodic like vocally you know and has like it's more of like a real like a hook like a proper rock hook you know yeah so that might be also another trick that they deploy is everyone sprinkling that in before they get back to to yelling about trauma or whatever you know but i really Face like left behind i it's yeah one of my favorite songs on the album which is you know yeah that's that that stands out i think if you're making a, a, a slipknot playlist for someone that would definitely be on there yeah um then we have um the shape yeah so i'm this one doesn't stand out as much um i, I listened to the record this afternoon and i I can't remember very much about this one. Um, it's it's short, which I like. It is definitely filler-ish, and one it does mm. have. Um, talking about uh, Corey Taylor and his ability to like do different things vocally, his vocals like on that on the shape reminded me actually of like like Trent Reznor, like Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah. kind of he had kind of that 
vibe, you know, when you think about some of the like downward spiral kind of moments or whatever. I don't know if that's like was intentional or okay. not. It's just something that like it kind of reminded me of that. This is pretty fillerish, I think. Like, I I wasn't as into this one, and I'm I would say that I can't from listening to it less than an hour ago before we recorded this. I can't really remember it. This this one didn't really stick. Yeah. Uh, I I know at this point in the record, I was starting to hear more uh, new metal riffs than brutal riffs. Mm-hmm. Sort of a lot more. Um, high notes and wah wah, kind of like building a riff that way, yeah. uh, which is fine, but not really my thing. Um, th- this this is where you can see, oh yeah, they're not they are influenced a little bit by um, by maybe by Corn, mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe by some of the, some of the, their maybe by some of their contemporaries, rather than just you know, oh Sepultura and Slayer and stuff like that. Because the rest of the record, you can really specifically you can hear Roots uh, by Sepultura mm-hmm. all the way through this fucking thing. Like uh, not just the the uh, percu- additional percussion dr- percussions, um, but just the the brutal riffs over uh, over those drums just sounds like oh yeah y- you can imagine Max Cavalera just joining in on this yeah and I'm pretty sure that the same producer that produced Roots did the I think first I think you're right it's yeah. like Ross Robinson I believe I know he did the first Slipknot album I'm pretty sure he did this should have done research he did do this one yeah okay so <laughs> yeah so. Not not a coincidence that they yeah. they sought out that dude and then worked with him a bunch of times. Um, yeah, I mean I'll talk about this more when we sum up. We we can just go on to track ten. I am hated. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, how's this? One? How's this one? Again, I'm, this I'm one's also the... it's uh, this one's also this is where I think I'll just go ahead and say it. I think this album if it suffers from something it suffers from what all albums from 1996 through (laughs) the end of the cd era suffer from which is the need to be to fill up a cd like it's an it's like over an hour long it's like an hour and six minutes or something yeah and it doesn't need to be and it like i don't think it needs to be i would prefer this like i some of my favorite albums are like under 40 minutes and that sweet spot of like 35 minutes to 40 minutes that's where you get your rain and bloods and south of heavens and all that kind of stuff and yeah they could cut I mean, some it, tracks it never on mind's this. less than less than 45 minutes so yeah they could cut some tracks on this and make it a tighter more focused thing and the the shape and i am hated are certainly candidates for like oh, you could have just this could have been b-sides Make, you know making b-sides yeah but they, they've all got um well, i was thinking about this though because um whenever i was listening to any of them i wasn't like um we should skip this one or this one i mean some of them just aren't quite as good but there's always something. There's either a pre-chorus or a chorus that's just like, yeah, this is this is this sounds great, it, and it might just be more of the production that actually makes it. Set. It's like, oh, that's Slipknot doing their Slipknot thing, which I like, rather than oh, this this is a really original um, mm-hmm. idea or a really good chorus. It's just like, oh, they're doing that fucking thing that I love. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so I think both I am hated and and the shape both have you know things that are gr- great about them, but we could, I, I yeah I could also just see. Just not, yeah, it's not just, including them as the record still being really good. Yeah, because it's just you 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 think about like the opening of the record, mm. and that was kind of like, even though I I complained about sort of falling into the formula, it still was like an exciting like track after track. You were kind of excited yeah. about it, and I feel myself be starting to grow less excited when I was listening to this as a back to back album. Just because, yeah, like I said, definitely the, the shape doesn't really the, hold up. I Am Hated doesn't really, like, it doesn't have a strong hook, or it might have a cool moment, but it's not as, like, the, it's not as exciting all the way through as a full song as, like, Disaster Piece or something that where you're like, yeah, I want to punch something, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> you're, like, into it. Um, so the next one is uh, Skin Ticket. Okay. And I think this is the one that made me think more... More Nine Inch Nails and more Marilyn Manson with mm-hmm. that. Uh, come see my cage built in. Oh, built in my grain. I thought it was my grave. Um, uh, I wrote that down that, as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, good. good. I, I feel like this would have been quite a good closer. Um, yes. It's like the pacing of it's uh, different. It's a bit slow. It's more um, like this. Or if you're going to swap it out for gently, 
uh, it would work well there as well as kind of like here's a here's another thing that we can do we can make you sort of you feel unsettled as well as wanting to punch a hole in the wall like we you, we can make you sort of yeah. like sad <laughs> like, it, it, and it's, this is a good one i like this one yeah in this one also um as i was taking notes it's like this is one that that does really make use of all of the members of the group it feels like it's more than just guitar and bass and drums you know i mean i know they have additional mm. percussionists probably playing on a lot of the stuff but the way it's mixed it's not like you can really tell that there's like on other songs no. that there's a bunch of extra percussion and every once in a while you hear those weird noises or sweeps or kind of like weird sound effects go in but not all the time and yeah especially the intro to, to skin ticket is like it feels like oh there's a there's someone manipulating some keyboard sample kind of <laughs> shit and there's like the various drummers playing different things and the whole thing feels like it's like oh okay this is like a collective yeah. of people playing a bunch of stuff in a yeah. way that like i mean if they didn't have all those members you would think oh this is a bunch of studio trickery but knowing they have like a ton of members this is like one of the few moments on the album the way it's mixed and everything where it feels like oh they they have a bunch of extra people doing extra stuff in an interesting way on this particular thing so i really like that yeah definitely strong nine nine Inch nails vibes um mm. happening a lot of cool build-ups in it um could end a little sooner they really ride out that ending <laughs> <laughs> yeah ride, but the, um i like they, it it's they epic. do that's that's why it would have been a good way to to close the album i, I would i keep I, I wouldn't just stop the album right here i'd keep some of these <laughs> maybe the next <laughs> keep, couple of songs keep the next but I, I man this in ways in ways in which you can improve a 21 year old album <laughs> or whatever it is 19 years old 19 yeah um yeah so uh, good um track 12 too many tracks i gotta say yeah cut them down uh track 12 uh new abortion what do you reckon yeah i'm trying to, i'm rereading re- the lyrics to try to re-familiarize myself with it this is the you can't take my soul away from me one yeah um it has a really tricky sounding drum beat that's that's the main my main thing that sticks in my mind it's like that there's like a weird drum groove that sounds really hard to play i don't yeah. know if that's like oh I, I like the verse on this that was this, this is the one i like um it was the um uh, they stick to my skin like beloved cysts. I tear them away with my nails and teeth, nails and teeth and fists. I'm like, that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> I like that. And he obviously he doesn't stumble over the lyrics like I do. Um, <laughs> the, the the way he just screams it like uh, perfectly and just just hits every every part of it is that's great. So, yeah. Um, strong verse, less less into the chorus. Yeah, the chorus the chorus has a little bit of Tool vibes too, maybe mm. creeping in. Um, you know. Your mileage may vary on that. Uh, home stretch, metabolic, track thirteen. Metabolic. Let's uh. There's some weird, like, kind of like stings or like noise hits in the verse intro verse thing. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. It has an up really up tempo like verse like stuff, which is cool. Um, like um. And then this is like production kind of makes it. I think it's a fine song. It's definitely towards the the middle of quality for I think. Yeah, this is it's it's all right. It's, this would be a candidate for for cutting. I put it on the I put it down there with um, what was the other two that the that shape and I am hated. <laughs> yeah, this if we were going to lose three songs off this record, um. Actually, well, actually, <laughs> let's let's like, hold fire like on you that watch, for one watch, second watch, Yeah, why don't you put a pin in that? Um, because we haven't talked about um, Iowa, a song that may have been written in real time. On <laughs> 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 yeah, this is this isn't good, is it? This is fifteen. Is it fifteen minutes? I've only listened to this a couple of times. Um, I didn't. I didn't include this one. I listened. To, I listened to the record quite a lot this week. This was not one of the ones. I, it gets us like, yeah, got it. I don't care. <laughs> They're really like, I hope you like that riff because, yeah, they're gonna uh, they're gonna ride it out. <laughs> also, for all their all their like um, super uh, spooky, murdery kind of um, self hatred stuff they've done on the record so far, it never really gave off a kind of unpleasant cannibal corpsey kind of vibe until now, where it just becomes a bit like 
Yeah, is this about chopping up a woman? <laughs> and it's like, it's like I keep your digits. I'm like, oh, it's, it's this, have we murdered some more cheerleaders, lads? Have we done that? <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, it's so, uh, subject-wise, it's a bit. Oh, you you've been doing so well. You've let yourselves down. It's also it's just I I I mean it might just be my attention span or something like that. When I was trying to like listen to this last night. I it was a bit interminable. Like I just felt like it's like oh okay now they're they're it, wait, it's, it's it's picking up it's picking up oh no they're back they're back to that riff <laughs> they're back to that one yeah. clean riff and also I never know how to feel when bands put like uh, laughter into their tracks like when they like fade back in oh like, yeah yeah because of like spooky laughter is are are you like are you laughing with me or are you like is it this is like this is like a judgment call on the quality of the thing that I paid money for. And in this case, didn't I? I put it on Spotify, but um, yeah, look at you, nine, nine and a half minutes in, and you're still playing this fucking thing. <laughs> Can you believe it? Like, it's what do you think's gonna happen? A little typo, negative move of just laughing at you for continuing <laughs> to not turn it off. Like, um, yeah, uh, it's not great. Yeah. Now I'm wondering if also. Um, if it could, if this could have been like, uh, like two minutes long, like just just take the same, take the same horrible idea, and tape it to a really brutal riff, and just just do it in two minutes, or even like, yeah, all right, fine, we'll do Iowa, but it, make it make it two minutes longer and have that as a reprise at the end of like, yeah, the whole thing again, but in in two minutes. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, There's ways it's in which this could be were, better. They were like, this is the title track. This is this is it. This mm. is this is this is what it's all been building towards. <laughs> this incredibly long, not super um, engaging or quality, in my opinion. What did what did that other podcast say? How how into Iowa were they? Oh, um, they compared it to um, other really long jam jammy bullshit that happens at the end of records. There's one um, called Canyon Jam, which is at the end of Roots, which I can't remember because. <laughs> I think it's another kind of similar. Like, I don't like it when you know a bunch of musicians just go into the studio and just you know, hey, we'll just see how it goes, man. <laughs> no, have a have a plan. It's like, hey, we only have we only have fifty five minutes worth of material. What if we really padded this out? It's like you could have just yeah. <laughs> I'd be fine with it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard. I think that was, I think Iowa is the song that like alleged like in all the the behind the scenes stuff they talk about like core the singer being like in tears like in the vocal booth in the fetal position by the time the song was over or whatever it's like all right i think it's because it's so long he was just, <laughs> so he was just tired <laughs> <laughs> it's like why are we still playing this riff um <laughs> so bored <laughs> Um, well, this was a trend as well. There was a uh, fucking uh, the last corn, the first corn record had uh, that song "Daddy" on it. That was like that was way too long, and it had Jonathan Davis crying and screaming and like pl- maybe playing the bagpipes. That might have been a different song. <laughs> you know, he was doing nursery rhymes. Um, <laughs> he was regressing and also pretending to be Scottish or Irish for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's it. I that's that's the Iowa album. I mean, my overall. I I mean, I think this was covered in my comments before. I think my overall comment is there's an incredibly strong, like, twelve or eleven track version of this album, and as it stands, yeah. it's very good. Like, it's a very good, a little too long metal album that has some like yeah. songs that I will return to. I will just like put on from time to time. So I kind of. What do you think? Definitely, that's that's a, a very reasonable um, uh, synopsis. Like, I think it is a classic. Uh, I think it, it, it's a genuinely great record, but it, it it could be improved. And simply by taking some stuff away, and not like by in, not editing songs there and that, just taking a couple of the songs off, and that the easiest way to make a record better. Yeah, I'd certainly take off the last fifteen minutes, which is a quarter of the record. <laughs> God damn it! So you get rid of that and get rid of you know some a couple of the weaker songs. Uh, maybe close on on um, the 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 grave grave cage one, <laughs> whatever that one. Skin ticket, skin ticket. Yeah, skin ticket. Um, 
keep keep five five one five. That's fine. It's a, it's a weird opener. It, yeah. If you were really being strict and go no, just go straight into fucking people equal shit. Well, you you could do that. That would yeah. Also be I'm okay, I'm okay with a short intro if that intro was like if they stretched it out the, to to like dope smoker levels and that intro was like. <laughs> like seven minutes long before we got yeah. to like that would be like maybe maybe take that down a little bit but um, it's only like a 30 seconds a minute or something isn't it uh that's good i like how um there's no guitar solos on this record it's just just straight fucking riffs um and it's not like oh the guy's not very good this guy can fucking play like these riffs are not entry level kind of oh i don't really know what i'm t- this like it's really good yeah <laughs> like in, it's, it's in a, live they insert some more like Jim Root especially inserts some like guitar pyrotechnics into some of the breakdowns <laughs> in, that are not on the record because I went ahead and looked at some live stuff because I just wanted to see like I wanted to see how they translated it and it was interesting seeing how like some of the like percussionists were also doing backup vocals or doing some of the, like the real death metal like low stuff during choruses and stuff and so oh, it's like right. live sounds pretty much like the record like they pretty much make that the, the thing you know and so i wanted to see how that that comes off um and it was yeah it was cool to see like them inserting some like tapping fills or some like kind of shredding <laughs> into it because they could clearly do it but yes these songs are like don't have time for fucking guitar solos which no i i, I quite like that as a change just because the when I kind of stopped uh, listening to metal, it was the era of like um, the, so the end of Pantera and stuff like that. There was loads of um, not like Van Halen, but there's definitely some fretboard heroes going on. There's definitely some stuff <laughs> yeah. that it's like, well, you can't play this. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I can't play that. <laughs> like, I don't fretboard heroes. This, this is still, you can't name. play this, but it's in a different way. You know, sorry. I said, uh, Fretboard Heroes would be a hilarious name for an album. Just go ahead and <laughs> back, back pocket. <laughs> back pocket um, uh, Yeah. Did you check out uh, Corey Taylor and Jim Root's other band? Stone because Sour. Stone Sour. Uh, no, even though... The, those those two are... I want to say one more thing about this record. The fucking drumming is unbelievable. Yeah, J- Joey... Like, it's, Jake, Joey Johansson? Joey, Joey Jordan. <laughs> what is this guy's name? Joey, Joey, Jojo fake person. What's his name? Drums. Uh, Joey, <laughs> Joey Jordanson. Joey, okay. jo- Joey Jordanson and t- uh, two clowns. Apparently there's only one clown in the band. There's, there's, there's a, clown a clown and there it. was a dude with a big Pinocchio nose. Like it was like Serio de Bergerac, who I think is no longer in the band for some sort of weird lawsuit reasons. And now uh, he was replaced with a dude. Um, and the, I guess there was an internet puzzle as to who the actual identity oh, that, was. Of Yeah, that's right. When they, when they came on and did, they played on, I don't know, Fallon or something recently. And they were like, Oh, who's, who's the new, not drummers. They've been through quite a few different members. I haven't they? the, the, the bass player um, commits suicide a few years ago. And obviously they they they've rec- I think they had two albums without Paul Gray, mm-hmm. um, who was who was that guy, and then I think maybe it's just one I don't know, uh, and the, yeah some lawsuits around other, other people leaving. Jim Root wasn't on the f- I think he, he was on like one song on the first record or something like yeah. that. He wasn't like a member of the band until yeah. Uh, to re- so I guess keeping nine guys on the same page for a long time is 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 very very difficult. I think the drums slay, and then I think the vocals are really really good too yeah like, hell of a performance like really over the top <laughs> which and that guy has pipes like, i'm not a big stone sour fan he i think exclusively cleans things and that because it's like a kind of alternative rock band you know it's like oh, okay. kind of like grungy well i like of, it. Like, i like his clean voice so i might yeah. maybe i would enjoy them and that was actually they, I, think, the, I think jim root was the guitar player like was the guitar player in, in that and when slipknot's like one of their other guitar player who recorded almost all of the first album quit. They're just like, Hey, <laughs> you're a guy who can play guitar. <laughs> you wanna... <laughs> but that, I mean, he rolls a guitar. He also has a million signature models, including one yes. that you own. 
is pretty. I do. I have the I have the Jazz Master, and it's like the not Jazz Master. There's the, the two things about the Jazz Master. It has this really complicated um, floating uh, tremolo system that that you have to replace the bridge because it goes out of tune. You have to put a mastery bridge in there. It doesn't have that. It's hardtail, and it has a really um, specific rhythm circuit that has all these special switches and, and things. Doesn't have that. It has EMG humbuckers. Yeah, and, yeah it doesn't and, have those big soap bar like oh, P90s. and no fucking tone knob. Just just a single <laughs> volume knob. It is the best. I love I love that Fender's like, hey, do you want to do a uh, signature model? And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. Like, okay, what kind of guitar? And he's like, all of them. <laughs> I think it started with a yeah, Tele, became a Strat, ended with a Jazzmaster. <laughs> like, like a Jazzmaster. Yeah, how do you want it? I want these specs. That's not a fucking Jazzmaster. <laughs> yes, it is. It's the same shape. Um. You should track down. I think that he had a telly was the first one. I think because he's him and I think, uh, they brought, I think they brought out another telly. I think that was this year, um, and it has EMGs and his wife. Um, there may be there's definitely a Strat, and there may have been an, a previous telly. That, I think he started with a telly, uh, moved to a Strat, did the Jazzmaster, went back to the telly because he was like. Him and John Five, uh, who has played Marilyn Manson and with uh, Rob Zombie, famous, oh, yeah. like Telecaster <laughs> abusers. Yes, and, and, and again, they're like, you know, a Telecaster. Okay, so Telecaster buddy with the MG pickups. <laughs> like, yeah, Telecaster. <laughs> like, I fucking love those EMGs, though. I might have to get one of the Telecasters. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, does this make you want to check out ever? Uh, Slipknot albums? Or are you gonna definitely? Yeah, especially now I don't have to um, like listen to them with a more critical kind of like what am I gonna say about the shape kind of <laughs> kind of. I think I might actually just try and like enjoy the first record. I, I believe the the first three is supposed to be very good, and then supposed to I think the gray chapter is supposed to not be very good. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what 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 you what you've heard about this without without checking. Them out I have I have only heard the first two, and the the first album. I remember enjoying it. It is not the production is rawer than okay. Iowa, and I feel like Iowa, the production is one of the like it just sounds fucking good. Like it's just a very yeah. good sounding metal album. Like it's like what kind of what you want out of that kind of metal. And so to go back and have kind of the more kind of raw, really like sort of compressed and tight guitars and stuff like that uh, might yeah. be a little the, bit the... of a like letdown comparatively if you're used to how fucking good this album sounds but um i remember some cuts on there and then i haven't to be quite honest i haven't listened to anything after that so i might have to check it out and report back uh cory yeah. taylor also appeared um doing vocals on i don't know if you ever saw it dave Grohl made a documentary called sound city about the studio sound city and then he like recorded a bunch of music for it and that's part of the documentary is him like recording things and so he wrote a song and Corey taylor does vocals on it and uh it is pretty impressive to watch pretty much full takes of that dude like clean singing Mm. and he's it's really good you can just find that on like youtube we can show well we don't do show notes anymore uh you guys can google that (laughs) if you're like interested in watching the dude work with butch vig and dave Grohl and sing a song it's pretty rad that that does actually sound very interesting (laughs) and he's like weirdly polite too like you you based off the slipknot persona you would think you'd be an asshole but this is another thing i I heard about on on this this other podcast i listened to um which actually this this other podcast i should shout out because it was really good it was called um roach notes and it was specifically about new metal like they mainly focus on like roach yeah they pick papa roach as their fucking like lead lead band and so they do corn and stuff like that and they did um roots by sepultura um because i guess that was for this fucking record sounds so much like roots um it's obviously a big a big influence on 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 new metal yeah and like uh and they were saying maybe (laughs) like yeah they they relayed the story of um, Slipknot being asked by their their record company or by you know someone who represented the record company to you know you should write a hit lads you should you should don't just do all this uh you know uh, you know eyeless or whatever it is don't just do yeah. all this you know prostitutes being cut open kind of thing uh, write write as a write as a, a pop song or at least something that get played on the radio which they obviously did with that um with left behind the one that you left behind yeah, yeah that cl- clearly um, 
but they said in an interview they were like yeah fuck you mr businessman and and they wrote a heretic anthem as, as a response to, to to being told to being very politely asked by by some guy, hey you want to make millions and millions and millions of dollars instead of just millions of dollars just you know do what you do maybe take out some of the more graphically offensive elements and put a hook in there like you kind of do anyway yeah like your um, other band does like <laughs> so and uh Apparently they, they they tell them to you go fuck yourself, Mister Businessman. You can suck all of my dicks. But I can just imagine them saying this in a very polite Midwestern accent, as if they're in Fargo. Um, yeah. I I, I wonder if we were in the fly on the wall in the room, if they were a little more yeah, I, like <laughs> if they're a little more tempered in the response to that. Like we just yeah. feel strongly that this is the direction we should go is probably how they answered that, and not just like <laughs> you I will wake like, up. All nine of them. Like, all nine of them, all in their all in their clown makeup, because they all dress as clowns all the time, as we discussed. <laughs> like, also, like one of them, one of them playing circus music. Have, <laughs> have you ever played a show in a mask? No, it fucking um, sucks really bad. I just, I can't imagine doing like a hour and a half arena fucking show where you're like jumping up and down and yelling in a like in that mask night after night now, you know like coveralls too like heavy coveralls like exactly yeah that, they that, those must stink <laughs> <laughs> those masks must rot out it's like i just can't I'm, i think you can kind of see that they must have figured that out too because like later eras they're definitely less of full head coverings and more like <laughs> over the face like i think jim roots has like a beard hole in it so his beard can come out of it like they break before it was full on like like a mask you would find in a the, like a party store so they were like not breathable at all it didn't seem like it right. seemed like that would be so terrible it would be the worst i played some shows with just like some like a gas mask on or something like that and i get like two songs into it and i was like I gotta take this off. I can't. Like, I can't breathe. It's like really hot. Like, this is terrible. Yeah, their commitment yeah, to no, the even, even wearing a tie is a bit much for for a show. I did one of Devil Horns once, but they they were fine. Yeah, that one. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. So it's like they committed to the worst uh, to the kind of the the shtick. And I know you you talked about in the previous episode how the the shtick is what kind of turned you off of them. Yeah, because it's a lot to process. Um, I think as a as a how old would I have been? Like, I was just in my early 20s and be like, stop trying to fucking sell me a metal band. Fuck you. <laughs> it's not going to work. No, you're supposed to be wearing long sleeve t-shirts and like and like black jeans. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what is this like fake Michael Myers bullshit that you're trying to like? <laughs> also, there was another band. There was a competing band called Mushroom Head that had the same shtick. And I don't know which one yeah. was first. And I think Mushroom Head might have been slightly before it. But it might have been two bands having the same bad idea. You know, it's like, I'm not <laughs> going to say that they knew about each other, but um, I remember that was, that was a thing when Slipknot got really popular and the, and Mushroom Head was like, what about us? And <laughs> people were like, we also no. <laughs> wear coveralls and masks <laughs> and have like too many people in the band. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. We did it. Yeah. We, that's the whole record. We listened to an album. Yeah, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Treating our lockdown time well. <laughs> Not a second wasted. Well, maybe maybe that Iowa track, listen. We got to do more of these, Stephen. We need content. We, the world yeah. needs content. Even with HBO Max, the world is crying out. How many times are you going to watch Batman Returns? Eight? Nine? Then you're going to be back on the podcast. Um, so we need, to, we need to preview what we're going to do. You, you had a great idea uh, that you texted me about a future topic. The idea I had yesterday, yes. which kind of based on, uh, on um, listening to another podcast. On this other podcast I was listening to, they, they went real deep into the, into the Slipknot um tracks and read out comments by their fans and most of the comments that they they had to skip over because they were homophobic gross um misogynistic you know so maybe think which band and we'll just limit it to good bands which good band has the worst fans <laughs> yes 
So that's gonna so, make, that's gonna be a popular. Um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly. We might, we might have to limit ourselves, to like which bands we check out. Um, I'm not sure exactly how we'll, how we'll do this because there's, there's so many fucking bands. Some bands, some bands have horrible reputations. Some bands are awful, and you can see why they would attract awful mm-hmm. people. But I don't want to expose myself to too many shitty internet comments because it's just sad, man. It just makes me really fucking depressed. Yeah. Like, dude. but um, if we. I don't know if we pick a top ten bands and <laughs> rank them or something. I'm, I'm sure we can figure out a, a fun episode that way. Yeah. I don't think we should read out the homophobic comments. No, though. we're not going to do that. The, <laughs> that like we're going to keep it clean, spend as, our time. Or as clean as uh, my sailor mouth will allow us to be. Um, <laughs> and I guess the whatever idea I had, we had a we have a continuing series of uh, blank is the funniest uh, genre of metal or the funniest. You know, um, and I really think we should do a power metal. Um, is power metal strongly agree? Yeah, the 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 funniest genre of metal because this glory hammer, you know, like uh, Halloween. There's Halloween, yeah. Blind Guardian. There's so the... many f- incredibly hilarious, like uh, unintentional. Who was that band you found while you were in Japan? Oh, that was Glory Hammer. Oh, it was Glory Hammer. Okay. <laughs> Rise of the Chaos Wizards, I think, might have been the size. Uh, we'll, I'll regale people with that story when we do our uh, the funniest. If it is the funniest, I think we need to like listen to some power metal, and it's really yeah. Let's 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 build a build a playlist and uh, really get into the the bottom. Le- learn of some facts because <laughs> it's gonna get dumb, and it's it's fucking. I it's never not funny. So yeah. And your boy, do you consider Iron Maiden a power metal band? Um. They they definitely flirt with it, don't they? Um, but they started off in the first two records. They they'd hate this, but the first two records are more punk rock than they are than they are metal. And they get into a more uh, new wave of British heavy metal, which isn't isn't really power metal, but Number of the Beast and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and Peace of Mind, uh, Power Slave, kind of sort of they get more progressive. They get the longer songs. Yeah. So I don't know if I necessarily call that, but that's. Power Slave is definitely something that would influence power metal bands, but I don't know if I'd call it that. And then Seventh Sun straight up prog. Yeah. Um, and then they, then they, then they went then they went all like uh, back to fucking wearing denim and, and leather and being all street and for no prayer for the dying and for the doubt wasn't very. Yeah, good. yeah, I do think they're more. It's more of a situation of like Venom or Merciful Fate influence right. black metal, but they're not actually. You know, they're not like what we consider yeah. black metal. Same thing. It's like there's no way that power metal bands don't like iron maiden like that iron Definitely. maiden isn't like a like a seminal like act for them but they're not yeah they somehow they have all the twin guitar solos and the over the top and uh stuff and even like acoustic guitar interludes and they sing about not quite goblins but certainly about war yeah but they're not a power metal band for some reason they, they, they never quite jump the ridiculousness into real power metal <laughs> yes uh i'm looking forward to this are you going to listen to power metal by uh by pantera Definitely, I think that's that could be that's <laughs> it's the best album, right? Peace. <laughs> <laughs>